coming and uh, having me. I tell you, it's just a joy, 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 joy to be here. I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. While you turn there, I want to tell you a story. I got to tell you this story. It's about Johnny. Johnny had a job to do. He was asked by his father to go bring the field corn in. So he loaded up his horse-drawn cart, and on his way back to the barn, it tipped over. The corn's just everywhere, and there's Johnny. He's trying to get all that corn up, and and all he could keep saying was, Daddy's going to be so mad. Daddy's going to be so mad. And he keeps working, and just about that time, Farmer Brown came around the corner, and he sees Johnny, and he hears what he's saying. Daddy's going to be so mad. And he said, Johnny, you got a big job there. I'll tell you what, why don't you get in my, in my uh, cart? We'll go to my house. I got my two sons. We'll come back and we'll help you write the cart and we'll get you on the road. He said, my daddy's going to be so mad. And so he, he, relentlessly, he, he reluctantly went in, got into the cart, and they went back to the house. And just as they pulled up to Farmer Brown's house, Mrs. Brown was coming out saying, it's dinner time. He said, listen, we, we'll go in and we'll have our dinner and then you can, uh, we'll, we'll get my two sons and we'll go on out. So Johnny just said, daddy's going to be so mad. And they went in and they had fried chicken, black eyed peas, mashed potatoes for dessert, apple cobbler, fresh churned ice cream. Oh man, it was everything. And Johnny never looked up. He ate every bite, but he never looked up. He just kept saying, daddy's going to be really mad. Well, after dinner, Farmer Brown said to his two sons, go get in the the wagon. We're going to go back. We're going to help get Johnny's cart up and load it back up. And as they turned the corner and they saw that mess, oh, it just hit Johnny again. And Johnny says, oh, my daddy's going to be so mad. Farmer Brown said, well, I, I, I hear what you're saying about your dad being mad, but where is he? He's under the cart. Johnny had a lot to be worried about, didn't he? <laughs> he, had, he had something real to be worried about. Well, there's a lot of things in our life that we worry about that we really shouldn't worry about. I, I, I bet you you know someone like I do that worries about things when there's nothing to worry about. In fact, they get worried that there's nothing to worry about. Yeah, I see some hands being raised. Thank you. God bless you. Well, this is what I want to talk about today as we come to the Word of God. Uh, The message is entitled, Don't Worry About the Future. And, And our text is from the Lord of the universe, the creator of all things, Jesus Christ. And in a sense, what he's saying to us is we are not to worry. So if you found that, Matthew chapter 6, I'm going to begin reading at verse 25, and I invite you to stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on, is not life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not. Neither do they reap, neither, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto your stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. 
And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? After all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that he, that you may have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take, therefore, no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. May God bless the reading and the hearing of his word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would open our eyes that we might behold wonderful truths from your word. God, that your, your teaching so many years ago will be brought today and be fresh for us to help us change our life. And we do thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Three times Jesus says, take no thought. Don't worry, don't be anxious. Now, beloved, there's a difference between being concerned about your future and, and being worried about the future. Now, if you were to take a trip, you would uh, you know, come out, get the car packed, lock the doors. If you had an alarm system on your house, you'd set the alarm system. You might even go to your, your neighbor and say, hey, watch the place, we'll be gone for a few days and uh, pick up my mail for me. You know, those are the kinds of things that you would do. Th those are reasonable precautions to take. Worrying is going to an extreme. It'd be like getting a 24-hour policeman to, to stand guard over your house while you're gone. Absurd, right? You know, it, or it would be you going away and then just worrying the whole time you're gone that the house is going to burn down. Somebody's going to break in, even though you took the precautions. We worry about a lot of things, beloved, that we should not be worried about. Now, the English word worry, I found this very interesting. It comes from a German word that means to strangle, <laughs> to choke. Isn't that wonderful picture? Because isn't that what, what uh, worry does? It just chokes you. It later came to mean harass, to cause anxiety. Well, that's exactly what worry does. It's kind of an, a mental and emotional strangulation which might cause even more mental and physical afflictions than any other cause in life. And I really think that this might be the sin that Christians commit more frequently than any other, worry. In our text, Jesus gives four reasons why we should not worry. The first reason is this, worry is wrong if Jesus is your Lord. Now, now, the big question is, who is the Lord of your life? In verse 25, Jesus uses that word, therefore. Now, you know what therefore means in the Bible, right? You have to go back and look what it was there for. And if we go back to that previous verse, verse 24, it says, you, Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. You're either going to love the one and hate the other. He said, you cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and money. Only one can be the Lord of your life. 
That word mammon is a Chaldean word that means confidence. And, and in the figurative way that it's used, he's, he's talking about confidence in your wealth. Where do you put your confidence? Where do you put your trust? See, that's, where the, that's what's going to reveal what controls your life. And that's what the Lord does. The Lord controls your life. And Jesus is declaring that a believer can only have one master, one Lord. And it ought to be God. So who or what are you trusting in? What is the Lord of your life? When the Bible says that Jesus is Lord, it means that he is in control of our lives, not us. See, that's a lot of times who we put on the, the, the throne of our heart. We put ourselves up there. I can take care of this. Man, isn't that the truth? I, I can do that. I don't need no instructions, right? I, I can handle this. No matter what the problem is, I, I've got this. See, that's all wrong. We say, I can do this through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. I got your back on that one. But listen, if money is your boss, money will control you. And when you worry, it is because you have stopped trusting God and you started taking control of your own life. But God's word promises that God will meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And sometimes we, we forget that God is in control. We forget that God is not only in control of our lives, he's in control of this entire universe. The psalmist said, Psalm 24, 1, he said, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Beloved, he is the creator. He not only created, he keeps everything going in this universe. That Hubble telescope and that new one that shows us way out there, God's already been there. God's created that. He's got all that in control. Every star, every solar system, every planet, millions and millions of, of planets that are out there, God's in control. Now, here's what I want you to listen to. If God can handle every single thing in this world, in this universe, he can handle everything in your life. Amen? I mean, he's got it all taken care of. What, what am I? This puny little life that I live, he, he's got it. Now, worry is the opposite of contentment. And I, I think this is why we worry so much, because we have so much stuff. We're never content with what we have. Worry is just the opposite of contentment, which ought to be the believer's constant state of mind. The Apostle Paul, Philippians chapter 4, he said, Not that I speak in respect of one, for I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith, be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. A Christian's contentment can be found in God, only in God. Not in circumstances, not in stuff, not in the uh, physical possessions. And your Lord... As your Lord, Jesus is more than capable to meet all of your needs. So worry is wrong if Jesus is your Lord. You just have to answer that question. Who is the Lord of my life? Who is on the throne of my heart? Is it self? Is it the world? Is it money? Is it stuff? Or is it Jesus Christ? 
Now, Jesus also teaches us that worry is unnecessary if God is your father. Not only is he your Lord, but he is also your heavenly father. And as your father, he wants to give you all that you need. I just love the illustrations that Jesus uses in this text. He talks about the the birds in the air. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't store up, you know, save. And then Jesus says, yet your heavenly father feedeth them. Did you catch that? He's talking about the birds, he's talking about the fields. He says, but your heavenly father. He's not the father of the birds. He's your heavenly father. And he says, are you not much more than they? Jesus used another illustration, verse 27. He said, who can add one cubit to his stature? Now, I've always been confused by that because I read other translations and it says, uh, who can add another hour to your life? And and I I looked up the word cubit. Cubit is here, you know. And I always thought of uh, the Brady Bunch. Who's the little, little Bobby Brady? He was the shortest one. Even Cindy was taller than him. And he'd hang from his ankles to try to get taller. That's what I thought. But you know, the word that I should have looked up is the word stature. The stature is a word that means maturity. A good translation would be what other translations have. Who can add a single hour to your life? Oh, but we try. Don't we try? And it's good, go to the doctor, stay healthy, if you're staying healthy for a good reason, so that I can serve the Lord longer. But we do it sometimes because we love this world so much, we just wanna stick around. Well, another illustration Jesus uses is what we will wear. Jesus said, God dressed the field so well that even Solomon uh, on his best day didn't look as good as what God can do out there in that old field. And in verse 30, it says, wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, listen, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? It's as if Jesus is saying, have you forgotten who your heavenly father is? If God feeds the birds of the air, if he can clothe the fields, will he not provide for you? Remember another time Jesus was talking about this? He, he said, if a son asks a father for a bread, will he give him a rock? No, and your heavenly father is much more, much better. I, as a dad, uh, you know, I try to provide for my kids and um, I like birds, don't get me wrong. I, I, I go out, you know, if we have any stale bread, but the fresh bread goes to my kids, don't you see? And then, then whatever left over, I throw that out for the birds. Have we forgotten who our heavenly father is? If he can feed the birds of the air, if he can f- clothe the fields with flowers, will he not provide for you? Remember, God is not their father. He's your heavenly father. He cares about you much, much more than he cares about them old birds out in the yard. Of course, he'll provide for you. Listen. You can worry yourself to death, but not to life. You can worry yourself sick, but you can't worry yourself healthy. We worry about our stuff that a burglar can come in and steal from you. But remember, a burglar can only steal once. Worry can steal from you night after night after night. It can keep you up. 
It's like that lady who couldn't sleep at night because she was afraid of burglars. 10 years in their marriage and, and nothing had ever happened, but she just had a hard time sleeping. Finally, one night they heard this crash in the downstairs and he went down and sure enough, there was a burglar in the house. Yeah. And, and, and he said, the guy said to the burglar, don't worry, I, I'm not going to be mad at you. I just want you to come up and meet my wife. She's been waiting a long time to see you. <laughs> see, that burglar can come in and steal, but, but worry steals your life. It steals your sleep. It steals our health. It, it steals our ability to cope with life productively. Charles Mayo, Dr. Charles Mayo, the Mayo Clinic, you've heard of that. This is what he said, worry affects the circulation. It affects the heart and the whole nervous system. I've never met a man or known of a man die of happiness, but I've known plenty to die of worry. Wow. And I have a truth that I'd like to share with you today. Some of you are sitting here right here today, and you believe with all of your heart that Jesus can save you, that Jesus is going to take you to heaven. He's going to keep you forever. So how can you not believe that he can take care of your needs here and now today? Amen? He's the same one that saved me from my sin that's going to take me to heaven. He can take care of me today. I know we're living in anxious times. Many people are struggling with inflation. The cost of everything is going up in price. Gas prices I just saw coming in almost $5 a gallon. Groceries are outrageous if you can find them. What can we expect in the next few months? How are we going to get through this? Well, I've got good news for you. We can and we will. If Jesus is your Lord, if God is your Father, He's going to provide everything you need. He is your Heavenly Father, and you are the child of the King. Wow, amen. The third thing that Jesus teaches in this text is that worry is unreasonable if you are walking by faith. If we walk by faith, we don't have to worry. Verse 31 and 32 again says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of these things. See, God already knows what you need. He knows what you're going to need tomorrow. He's got your tomorrow taken care of. When Jesus sees these things uh, and, and he, he says them, they are of little faith, he says, you're like the Gentiles. What he means there is like you're the unbeliever. Christian, when we worry, when we fret, when we sit there wringing our hands and, and can't understand what are we going to do, what are we going to do? Well, we're just like an unbeliever. Jesus says that when we worry, we're no different than the faithless unbelievers. Because, hey, listen, they don't have a heavenly father that loves them. He wants to be their heavenly father, but he is your heavenly father. We have no reason to worry. We have no excuse for worrying. We know that we have a heavenly father, but sometimes we act too much like unbelievers. When we act like the world, when we crave like the world, when we worry like the world, it's because our mind is not centered on God. Our mind is not centered on him, having faith in him. In fact, what happens is we get our focus on the circumstances. We get our, our sight set on the world. 
and not on God. God expects more of us. God expects us to be different from others. He is telling us that we have to live by faith. I love what Paul said, Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. He said, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That's living by faith. And you know what the result of that is? Verse 7, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. When we walk with our eyes on the things of this world, we worry, we fret, we become anxious. When we walk by faith, we know that our Heavenly Father will take care of us. Instead of worrying about your future, we need to say uh, what Jesus said in, in verse 33 here, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Live by faith, walk by faith. And Jesus said, I'll take care of all that. Our first concern that we seek God's kingdom. Kingdom here means that the king is ruling. Seek to let God rule your life. Make him Lord. Then we're to seek God's righteousness. Seek to do what is right by his word. And if we are faithful in these two things, we'll have all of our needs met. Now I have more to say on that, a different message for the next uh, the 11 o'clock service. So if you want to stick around, I, I encourage you to do that. But um, this message, one, one more point. I know we're supposed to have three points of poem and a prayer, right? I've got four. I'm sorry. Let's see. I've got one more minute. Worry is unwise because of your future. And this is what I really want you to remember today. Worry is unwise because of your future. Jesus said, verse 34, take no thought. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got its own problems. Just worry about today. You know that person that always has to worry? They worry about things that never are going to bother them, that are never going to affect them. Something happened in the Middle East, and boy, we're worried about that. Well, it can go make our gas prices go up, but it's not coming to your house. And once again, Jesus, Jesus never is saying, don't plan for the future. In fact, that's a biblical principle. We ought to plan for the future. What he's saying is don't worry about the future. Don't worry about how you're going to handle the problems of tomorrow. Just live today. Today is where we need to make our focus. There's enough trouble for today without adding the, the distress of tomorrow. Many times in counseling with people who have financial problems, I, I give them a task. I tell them to put all their bills on the coffee table and, and pace back and forth uh, for eight hours. Wring your hands and, and just worry about them bills. And at the eight hours, after the eight hours, check and see how many of those bills got paid. <laughs> None. Because worry does not pay the bills. Jesus promises, my grace is sufficient for you. God promises his grace. Grace is strength. When Paul needed to have that, that healing, God said, my grace will be sufficient for you. I will strengthen you to live the life that you're living. I will strengthen you to endure the things that are coming. He will strengthen you to handle whatever happens tomorrow. Don't worry about it. God will take care of it. 
I love the saying, I, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know the one who holds tomorrow. He's got it taken care of. Isaiah said, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. You know, when we start to worry, when we get our eyes off God, we need to focus, center our mind, center our will, center our emotions on God. Because when we think like the world and crave like the world, we'll worry like the world. Because a mind that is not centered on God is a mind that is going to worry, is going to fret, is going to be anxious, and God expects more of us because he's our heavenly father. He is the Lord of our life. So why should we keep worrying? Why do I worry? Why would I worry about the days ahead? He's got it taken care of. He knew the end from the beginning, beloved. He knew about you the day he saved you. He knew everything that was going to happen to you. He says, I've got you taken care of. As your Lord, as your heavenly father, look to him by faith. Trust him. Don't trust your strength. Most of all, remember that you have a home in heaven prepared for you. A wonderful place in the father's house. Jesus is getting that ready for you and you'll be with him forever. Don't worry about your future. Now, there is one thing that you can worry about. If you're here today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that is cause to worry. Because without him as your heavenly father, without him as the Lord of your life, you're, you're trying to make it on your own and you don't have to. God loves you with an everlasting love. He loved you before you ever loved him. And he is chasing you down today. He brought you here to hear this message and let you know you don't have to worry about the future as long as you make him the Lord of your life. And today we're going to have an invitation, just a moment. An invitation means we're going to invite you to come to join this church. We want you to come and, and know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. We'd love to share how to, that happens. Um, we'd like to pray with you. So we're inviting you to come to the front. If you don't know Jesus, let today be the day of salvation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this, this message. I thank you for this text. I thank you that we don't have to worry about the things of this world because we already have a wonderful home in heaven. I ask you, Lord God, to be with this church, be with these that have heard this message, and let this resonate in them throughout this day and week that they might be able to look to you, center their mind, their will, their emotions all upon you. Minister to them, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.